the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. Bud Light sales have dropped 20, is that 26%? Bud Light is at risk of losing its status as the top-selling beer in the United States. Industry experts says, industry experts says, as sales tumble 26 amid Dylan Mulvaney backlash. Bud is in trouble, and I'll tell you why. The entire media support the original decision of using a guy wearing a bra who is happens to look like a guy without, without breasts, because he's a guy without breasts. And they put him on a can so as to appeal to the younger crowd. This was the young woman's idea whom they put in charge in the, the number of errors in hiring her is quite substantial. The thinking is, well, she's young. Did she go to Harvard? If I'm not mistaken, I think she went to Harvard. So young Harvard, you know, what can, what can go wrong? She has a read on her generation that we don't have. And we want to appeal to the next generation to get our beer. So what would appeal more to the next generation than a guy dressing up as a woman and being on a Bud beer can? Okay, that was the thinking. And now she's on, uh, she's been suspended from her job. She has no idea why she suspended from her job. She just thinks haters have boycotted. I I know exactly what she's thinking. I don't say that often because it's not easy to get into another person's mind, but it's easy in this case. Most of you know what she's thinking as well. She's thinking, uh, A, my employers are cowards, and B, the people who have opposed Mulvaney on the beer can are all haters. And so there's so much hate in America for the trans that this is the whole problem. I I really, with all my goodwill and college-educated sophistication, just ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, Time will justify what I have done. 
I I don't think I missed a a beat. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what she is thinking. Okay, so let me explain to you what actually Bud is thinking. Why the hell did we hire such a fool? Is she really that narrowly engaged in life? Is she really living in such a, a, an intellectual cocoon that the, she thinks that beer drinkers will, be, will find a guy posing as a woman appealing? That's what they're thinking. God, did we make a stupid error in hiring this person with the most narrowly focused interest? We're not interested at Bud in making woke statements. We're interested in selling beer. She obviously does not know that. She thinks capitalism is crappy anyway. So the idea that we will lose sales is of no interest to her. The purpose of a business is not to make a profit for its shareholders. It's to spread her message that she picked up as a brainwashed girl in college. Yeah, that, that's, that's what it happened at Bud. In an age where males are dismissed as buffoons, depicted regularly as buffoons, where masculinity is accompanied by the adjective toxic, where there are so few male models of strength. And let me define male strength, or if you will, masculinity. Masculinity means that you march to the beat of a drummer that is higher than yourself and that is willing to take on the mob. Masculinity means that you are not easily intimidated by women. And that, my dear friends, is a big part of what men have become. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Whatever you think, dear. Of course, dear. Women don't even like that because they know that they married mush. Women test men's strength that is part of the female nature because they want a strong man, a good man, a kind man, a loving man, and a strong man. Having men celebrate men who say, I look best as a woman with a bra on, is not, or a man who has just spent the last year becoming a woman, is not the model of the type of man that most women actually want. And if they want it, the odds are they will not get married, or at least not be happily married. The John Wayne figure is a better model for most women of a man who does take care, I'm talking about his character in film, I have no idea about his private life, I have no interest in his private life. I have interest in the figure that became a, if you will, strong male figure for a generation of American boys.
Is there a John Wayne figure today? Is there a, you know movies better than I. Is there? You're thinking he's, I mean, it's, he's a, yeah, there's only one John Wayne, so it's, all right, there's only one John Wayne, so it's not a fair question. No, really. Okay, so give me so Spencer Tracy. Okay? I mean, you know, to go back even further. The, the, you, one recognizes the men of movies that came out, let's say, in the 50s and, and probably 60s. Or, or, or how about even 007? 007 was a, was a masculine male. No, I, I, that, that's what I recall. The one, Roger Moore certainly was, and who was the classic one? Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery. So it doesn't have to be John Wayne. You know, I found it fascinating early on in my career. Let's say I've been on 40 years, but let's say when I was in my 50s. Very many younger men, and I don't mean much younger. I mean men in their 40s, 30s. Would, would, it would begin, and, and it, got, it got more common that they would say to me on when they call on the air, you know, Dennis, you're, you're a father figure to me. Which, incidentally, I think every male should strive to be a father figure to younger males. That is part of your job as a man. Uh, College-educated men increasingly don't want that job. Uh, their, uh, their task, starting in the 60s, was to remain a boy as long as possible not be a father figure. The, uh, on the contrary, the, many, many males would find that troubling. Me, a father figure? I'm a boy, and I celebrate being a boy. But why did that happen? That was what puzzled me. Why was I a father figure, and why, why was there a necessity for one in this younger, not even necessarily young, younger man's life? And that's because of the paucity of those figures in so many young men's lives. There is nothing more important. There are many things that are as important, or some things that are. But there's not much that is more important than having that in one's life. That's why I believe honor your father and mother is such a critical part of the Ten Commandments. Anyway, the, the, the authority of a father figure makes the, is, is the gateway to the authority of the Father in heaven. Part of the reason for the lack of belief in God among so many young people is because they had no father on earth to honor. So it makes it harder to believe in and honor a father in heaven. Your calls are welcome, 1-8-Prager-776. Every day when I pass a mirror, I still can't believe it. It's me! I'm looking back at myself. I never thought I'd be this fit again, but 42 pounds ago, I decided to take control of my health. And with the help of my PhD weight loss and nutrition... I'm so glad I did. The program is simple. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team customize a plan for your body to make it simple. They even provide 80% of your food at no additional cost. They treat your entire person as one. Dr. Ashley believes 
that all change starts with the mind. She'll help you to change your behavior when it comes to food and think differently about food so you'll never gain the weight back. Give them a call right now at 864-644-1900 and they can answer all your questions. If I can do it, you can do it. Great video maker is Ami Horowitz. How often do you put out these videos, Ami? Probably about once a month. It's a lot of work. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I'm glad. To, I'm. You know, I was wondering if that was true or not. That was a very funny response. <laughs> that was quick. I must say. It. I didn't realize you put them out that often. Yeah. Where Where can one see the previous ones? Uh, they're all on my YouTube channel. Uh, they're all on PragerU's uh, YouTube channel or the PragerU.com. Right. So the latest one is up at PragerU. It is. It just came out this week? A couple weeks ago. Oh, it is? It's that that long? I just saw it this week. So in a very narcissistic way, I assume that when I saw it, it came out. Of course. I, I fully acknowledge that as a narcissistic Weltanschauung. Uh, in the universe of Dennis, that is true. <laughs> yeah. But in the universe... It's, it's not true? Oh, so I'm being too critical of myself. I, I think so, yeah. That's very sweet of you. So listen, you have to understand, folks, Ami Horowitz goes around the world and to very difficult areas often, uh, for, like Manhattan. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking Syria, but then I thought, no, Manhattan might be more difficult. But you did, you did of course, the, that incredible trip with... Uh, people from the Middle East on, on a boat to Greece, correct? A, a raft. A raft. Yeah, Not boat. A boat. Yeah, I am so sorry. Correct, on a raft. You're a gutsy guy. But uh, it, it, what you do is not for the sake of guts. You're not evil Knievel. You know, this is not a guy, you know, he takes a motorcycle across. I, I do not have a death wish. I enjoy my life very, very much. I would like it to continue. That's right. No, it's very important. What he does is for the sake of a message that every video conveys to better understand the world. The latest is, he asked two groups, are borders racist? Very simple question. By the way, that's a great question to add to my list of how do you know a leftist versus a liberal? The leftist will say they are racist, and a liberal will say, what are you kidding? Okay, that's, I, it was not on my list. I have 32 questions. But uh, that should be a 33rd. But the important part of that is that the liberal doesn't believe that the leftist believes that borders are racist. That's the point, is that if you tell liberal, the hard left are not your fellow travelers. The hard, we have more, center right and center left have more in common than you do with the hard left. They'll say, that's not true. That's Fox News talking points. Nobody actually believes that borders shouldn't exist. Nobody believes that we should trans five-year-olds because they, they, they are, common sense is something that's important to them and it guides them. So they don't believe anybody can have such an insane particular perspective on something. That's the point. They don't believe it. That is a very important thing you just said. I want to develop that for a moment. I want to, so I want to review it. You're telling me that the average liberal, and you spend most of your time in, in New York City, the average liberal in New York City, if you said, you know, I just want you to know that the folks on the left 
do believe borders are racist will say, no, they don't. Correct. That's, That's what en- you're saying to me. entirely accurate. So why do they say they do? What would the liberal answer that? How would the liberal answer that? Say, answer what? Why does the leftist say that they are racist? But they don't believe that's true. They don't even believe they say it. Correct. Oh, I thought you were emphasizing that they say it, but they don't believe it. No, no, no. They They don't don't even believe they say it. Correct. You know, this this is worthy of, of, of a few moments before we get into the actual video. Because the tragedy of America, as I see it, is the liberal. Because the liberal votes the opposite of liberal values, leftism. And the way they do it, you're telling me, this is, see, I know that they dismiss it. They will, because I have liberals in my extended family, they say, oh, that's just a few crackpots. But you're giving me another answer that the liberal says they don't really say that, Ami. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that this is not... So if you show them your video... That's, into, that's why I make my videos for the center left. A third of my audience, thankfully, are center-left or independents, and it's, I, it's for them I make the videos because they're the ones who, who dismiss when I say that the left wants to destroy American society because they're self-hatred of the United States. Because that's what it is, right? Ultimately, the left, all these things have a common theme. All these, you think they're disparate things, transing five-year-olds, destruction of capitalism, open borders. They're not. They're all connected because they, under, they want to destroy the structures that hold up the United States. That's ultimately what they want. Because they see the United States as an okay. as an evil in this world. I can't think of a more important subject right now. Ami Horowitz's uh, video on borders is up at the, the, the up at PragerU, and you could click through DennisPrager.com. Natural disasters, airline cancellations, and runway near misses, supply chain issues, inflation, rising interest rates, and sky high government debt. This is Dennis Prager for Amfed Coin and Bullion. There's a lot in the news about what consumers cannot control. So let's talk about what you can control. You can control how you choose to invest and protect your wealth. That's why I choose to do business with Nick Grovich and his company, Amfed Coin and Bullion. Now is a great time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. With over 41 years experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions and show you smart choices, which have been proven winners time and time again. Amfed Coin and Bullion will sell you the right types of precious metals to get the maximum value for your money. Take control of your investments like I did. Call Nick and his team at Amfed Coin and Bullion at 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. I'm with Ami Horowitz, who makes truly significant videos. What, what was the rate again? Every month? Yeah, about that. Yeah, that's remarkable. So how many are up, actually? How many have you done? I don't know. I, w- I would say probably close to 100, I guess. Yeah, the, and every one is important. The latest is up at PragerU and at his own uh, website, and it is remarkable. What he does is, and it's very it's very inventive as well as insightful, he, he went to random people in the street in Manhattan, correct? Yeah, but I, I self-select. So different neighborhoods have different political makeup. So, for example, my neighborhood in the Upper West Side is more center-left. So I'm self-selecting the left, not the center-left or liberal. So I'm going to a neighborhood 
that the so East which Village, neighborhood was the this? East Village, East Village, which I know is populated by leftists. Okay, that's fair. And 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 virtually everyone there was I don't remember an old person being asked. It was either middle aged or young. It's a pretty relatively young neighborhood. Right. Okay. And he asked them, uh, do, "Do you? Uh, what was the exact question? Are borders racist? Oh yeah, are borders racist?" Everyone said yes. With Everyone the underlying did. issue that essentially that means we shouldn't have borders. Well, obviously, because we shouldn't have racism. Correct. Uh, that, that, that's. Sorry, I, need to connect, a, I thought yes. I needed to connect the dots here. Yeah, but but no, 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 you understand. I, I, well, no, no, I know you know I understand. <laughs> I am sure my listeners understand. If you, if you think borders are racist, you're against borders. Okay. And then he, the, the, the punchline is always a punchline in an AMI video. He went to Mexico... Now, how far from the border? Folks trying to get into the United States? Correct. From Were they all Mexican or are they all Central American? No, they're, they're a, a, variety, mixture, a variety. A mixture. El yeah. Salvador, Honduras, yeah. Yeah. Guatemala, and so on. Okay. And he asked them. Now, was there a translator? Cause I, didn't, I had a translator. Okay, that makes sense. So you asked them through a translator, are, are borders racist? And I remember one of them laughed at, at you. Of course, every single one said, of course, countries have to have, have, have borders. And, and that includes the United States. They were incredulous. They were incredulous. And these people trying to get in. Yes, yes. Were you surprised? No, no. I mean, I, I, knew, I, I knew that that was going to be the direction they were going to go in. I know my subjects. Yes, you do. Now, I want to get back, though, to this overarching question, which I didn't anticipate, but is critical. So... We both lament the fact that that the nice, sweet, well-intentioned liberal doesn't understand the threat of the left to liberalism. Is that fair? That is Yeah, I don't want to put any words in your mouth. Okay. This would be an example. So you're telling me that the average liberal in, let's say, Manhattan, if you would say, you know, the left says borders are racist, so obviously we shouldn't have them will say to you, I'm reviewing, will say to you what? You made that up? Yes. They that, don't really say it. This is, this is, this is right-wing talking points. It's a straw man argument. This is not a real thing. So that's how they live uh, to vote for the Democratic Party, which is no longer liberal but left. That's right. They, they don't believe that they, that they believe, that liberal doesn't believe that the leftist believes what the leftist says. They, they inhabit a fantasy world. They inhabit, Made yes. up of, of right. structures that they choose. R- right. No, I know this to be true. Periodically, I, I read left-wing uh, listeners' uh, emails, and I was telling you all, all before, during the break how I've been told, give me a break, Dennis, you're lying. There is not a single Democrat who is for open borders. And, and so I, I, do, do, we, do we live in the same country? How have they, how, how many people, uh, either of you, how many people have come into this country illegally since the, since the Biden administration took over? Well, we, we know that last year there was nearly 3 million. Right. So if you allow 3 million people in, why can't we infer you're for open borders? Well, because their argument will be, well, they were able to get around it. Uh, we, you know, they were able to find their way in. We have obviously- yeah, but they, they opposed with, with the vehemence that, that I would oppose child rape. They opposed building a wall. Well, 
also, you have to understand that, that the Democrats made a political choice. Now, it, ultimately, it, I think that choice will be their undoing. I think it will be, it end up being one of the greatest geopolitical mistakes uh, anybody's ever made in this country. They think the brown, and this is their words, the browning of America will end up solidifying their electoral advantage for generations. And what we're actually seeing is that if you look at Mexicans, particularly Mexicans, but even South Americans and Central Americans, who have been here for more than a generation or for nearly a generation, they have mostly turned Republican. I think their idea was that if we take away the white majority, we will guarantee electoral victory for the Democrats for the next hundred years. Well, uh, isn't it Victor Davis Hanson's theory that California went permanently left because of the uh, Hispanification of California? I, by the way, I don't think California has gone permanently left. I think all these things work in cycles. I think it may take a long time and will take a long time. And I think that if there's going to be a change, I think the Hispanic vote will lead it. Okay. You're a, you're a relatively young man, sir, <laughs> compared to me at any rate. You believe in your lifetime California will vote Republican? I saw it go from solidly Republican I in my know. lifetime yes, to Democrat. So right. why couldn't I go the other way? Would it stand to because, reason? No, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, if you live long enough, everything will happen. A, a comet will hit uh, Milwaukee at some point. But in, in reality, when things go left, I don't see them going back. If you're asking me, do I think that in my lifetime, California will vote for a Republican for president? My guess is yes. Hmm. All right. In the meantime, it is, it is solidly, uh, if a... If the Republicans nominated I, I, God, in fact, he, oh, would, that would, that, he well, would definitely yeah, No, no, lose. he would definitely. That's an easy yeah, one. that was a bad one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, when you ask these people in Manhattan, is our borders racist? Off camera, did you have any discussions with them? Tell me when we get back. I, I, am, I am curious if, if any of them said, well... Let me let me rethink that. We'll be back in a moment. Watch Ami's video, Our Borders Racist. Is the name of your video, Ami, is the, do the do they have names? Uh, uh, it's a so Ami on the Loose. Ami on the Loose. Yeah. That's that's the generic the name for yes. Yeah, but is there a name for each video? Sometimes, I don't remember. Okay, anyway, this video is Our Borders Racist. Ami Horowitz uh, asked this of left fo- leftist folks in the East Village in Manhattan and then went to Central Americans in Mexico trying to get into the United States illegally. And, and every one of the Central Americans said, of course they're not racist. Every country has to have borders. So I asked you right before the break, did you have any extended discussion with any of these East uh, Village people? Not really. I mean, there, it is very rare that somebody will say something, realize the thing's stupid, and say, could you please not put that on? But sometimes they do, and I don't, and I don't, I don't put it on. But no, it's no, very, obviously. very rare. You see, I, I, I couldn't help myself. Uh, I, would, I would pursue with them. Is it, is it racist for Mexico to have borders? Or, or Argentina. 
In other words, do they believe that for all countries? That's what I, I to follow up, I would like to pose to them. I know the answer to that. What? The answer is it would be half-half. Half the people would say we should have borderless societies. So they would say, yes, they should have borders either. And the other half would say, no, 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 they have to protect their culture. So therefore, they can have borders. But we have no culture to protect. Well, they want to see our culture destroyed. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm sorry. You're entirely right. Wasn't there one of them uh, just didn't want... Oh, you, you asked why do you think that and just didn't want to answer it. They're, yes, because obviously they think this thing through. They understand where the conversation is leading to and they don't want to have that conversation, which is the destruction of America, which ultimately what they want. Right, That's what the left wants. They want to destroy the United States because the United States stands, in their view, as the most evil nation that's ever existed. And we, all we do is destroy everything in the world. I asked Howard Zinn, the, the most influential leftist of the last hundred years in the United States. You know, the popular history of the United States. I read it. It was I taught see. to me in my, in my yeshiva. That's sad. I can cry. I asked him, he's, he has since died, uh, I asked him, so let me ask you, would the world be better or worse if there had never been a United States? And to the best of my recollection, although people could actually hear it on YouTube, he said, um, I'm agnostic or something to that effect. He couldn't say that the world was any better because America had been created. I remember that interview. That was a phenomenal interview. Yes, it was actually. I'm not, I'm not saluting myself. It just was. See Ami Horowitz's video up at Prager U. Ami. I was going to say kol hakavod. How do you say that in English? More power to you. No, thank you very much. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching the My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Do you know every week when I hear the last one... I think my uh, producer will find this of particular interest. It's a, it, it's amazing. Every week, I mean, we're talking now, what is it, uh, 500 weeks? At least. I feel bad for the guy. Which guy? The, uh, saying to, the, to his psychiatrist or therapist, I, I have trouble with women. I do. I, I, it's not funny. I, it's the exact same emotion. Then it passes because I have to open up the male female hour, and I've never noted that. Do you, do, you, do you? Does it make any sense, or is it a silly reaction on my part? 
I mean, you know it as a, as a movie. Yeah, so, see, I, I I live movies. I, I never think there are actors. Of I, I actually take it seriously as happening. But there are men who who have that. That's not a. It's not weird. So his his, his is he put? You got Alan's mic on. Hold on. Okay. His specific problem is that he just loves women. And he loves more than one woman. He's attracted to many women. And he doesn't know how to control himself, essentially. That's his problem. Oh, not, not in attracting a woman. Oh, no, no. He, women are very attracted to him. I mean, he's a very, very handsome Oh, man. He, I don't feel bad for him at all, then. No, no, in, in the sense of the problem he has. Oh, the problem he has. The, the funny part he's an of animal. It, the, part, the funny part of it is that <laughs> The psychiatrist played by Peter Sellers. Yeah, is deeply, deeply envious of his patient oh. because he has the same issue that women are attracted to him. He happens to be married to a a, a, a very Teutonic German wife who's very controlling and he doesn't love. And so every time Peter Sellers comes in, he gets this. Oh boy, I, I didn't know any of that. And now I have a totally different reaction. Peter Sellers is his favorite patient. Oh, because he sort of lives through him vicariously. Because yes. Peter Sellers tells right. him. So women are a problem to me like they were to Hugh Hefner. Yeah. I see. Okay. Although he, it's uh -huh. not exactly right because he's he's sincerely uh -huh. loves multiple women. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure and he does. He's, uh, yeah. Well, that is the old phrase. A woman loves a man and men love women. All right, welcome to the the Dennis Prager Show, the ultimate, no, no, excuse me, I went into uh, automatic mode, male-female hour, every Wednesday, the second hour of the program. So now I know the context, oh, that's a totally, I don't feel bad for the guy at all, now I think he's somewhat of a jerk. <laughs> all right, everyone, today's subject has nothing to do with that, and I don't think I've ever raised this uh, subject I, I must admit that I am amazed at how many subjects we have come up with. I would love somebody to compile a list of the, let's say, let's say there have been 700 male-female hours. How many different subjects do you think we've covered? 300? About half? Because some have been repeated. Maybe more even. How can I come up with 300 subjects on men and women? There have been 771 male females. 771? Male females. So I said 700, yeah. Okay. So today's subject is this. Men, married men who go out with the guys uh, on a somewhat regular basis, what do you think of that as the wife and what do you think of that as the married guy? Guys who go out and have a, a good time with, I mean, we're, we're presuming with their male friends. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-7776. Now, I, I need to be careful here because I am sure that there are, there are couples where this happens. When I say a regular basis, I would say... 
three times a month or more. Is that is that a fair fair statement? Huh? Where so that would mean three times a month would be that, but that's that's a lot because that's that's thirty six times a year. Well, I don't know if that's a lot. Three times a month, yeah. So, a if you're the guy or the woman, actually, what what do you do? What does he do on those nights? And if you're uh, if you're uh, the wife of such a man, are you? Are you happy he does it? Are you indifferent that he does it? Would you rather him be at home? So, obviously, when I raise a topic, I ask myself the question. And I've never done that in in my whole life that I can that I at least that I remember doing, going out with the guys and leaving my wife at home. I'm not. I am not saying it's wrong or bad. I'm. I am just being open with you. In about, I find it difficult to imagine doing. Uh, nor, nor by the way, and I have very close male friends. N- nor do can I imagine doing it. If I go out. I want to go out with my wife. Uh, I'm not saying this to praise anything about me because I'm not totally sure it's praiseworthy. I mean, what if your guy goes to a men's Bible class? Uh, I'm sure that there are women who are very happy that he does that. But what percentage of guys going out with other guys on a regular basis is doing it for a men's Bible class? That's a, uh, I I suspect that's a minority and might be a very small minority. When I think of the guys hanging out, I assume that, you know, it's at a sports bar. Is that a fair, uh, you think that's a fair? Well, gol- golfing at night? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's night golfing? Oh, yeah, never been golfing at night. I didn't know that. There's a lot I don't know. Are you, f- are you familiar with night golf? There's no such thing. Oh, he was joking. I can't believe it. They do have driving ranges at night. Oh, give me a break. I really fell in. See, this is a big problem. I take Sean more seriously than he should be taken. It's a, it's a flaw. I, I was talking to my producer about the subject just prior to the male-female hour opening, and I was saying men take a lot of their cues about marriage from their fathers. I mean, how, how could they not? It's the, it's the marriage they know. And I don't believe my father left the house for a night with guy friends once in his 69 years of marriage. I I can't imagine him doing so. Maybe that, so that model may have simply saturated into me, and I, and I don't do that. 
I wonder if there is an equivalent about the wife going out with girlfriends. That's I, I should I should include that I guess in the in the issue. Maybe I was male centered because I'm a male, but do women do that as much as guys do that? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a night out with with my girlfriends. I don't know. Do you you don't know either, right? Because I I don't believe either of our wives does that. All right, one eight Prager seven seven six. Very curious to hear from you. Hi there, everybody. Dennis Prager, male, female, hour, second hour every Wednesday. Men going out with the guys on a regular basis. So I, I gave a working definition of regular basis as three times a month. And how does that work out for you as the wife, as as the husband? I, I said earlier I wasn't judging people who do it, and I'm not. I'm just, I, but I... I'm always open with you about my own life because it makes me more real and maybe helps you understand where I'm coming from. Well, of course it would. It doesn't help. It, it, it is where I'm coming from. But again, not as a judgment. There are a lot of things I don't do, but they're not necessarily wrong. But that's what I'd like to find out. I have not done this. Okay, my father didn't do it. I, I, don't, I don't do it. But it doesn't make it wrong at all, and I'd like to hear how you take it and how your wife takes it, or if you are a wife. I guess then we'll have to do one about, does the wife go to uh, a girl's evening regularly? And, and is it as frequent as guys doing their thing? All right, let's go to Chiquita in Chicago. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Oh, my God, what a pleasure. Nice Thank to you. talk to you. Thank you. So this, for me, you know, my generation like yours, my my dad didn't do that. My mom didn't do that. But I'm 59, and, you know, I was married 30 years, and my husband didn't do it often. But when he did, I was like, yeah, just go. Because we went as women. We had our shopping parties, or we just had dinner. or This was when going uh, over to someone's house, you, you wanted to have wine tasting. So I think it's good for the relationship, for sure. And I think it's okay to let the man feel like the freaking man. You know, I live in la-la land here in, in Chicago where the liberal men are very feminine. So I doubt that they get many men night, you know, men night out. So uh, that's just the way I feel about it. I, I talk to my daughter about this, and I say, look, just leave the guy alone. If he wants to be protective, let him be protective. Unless he's a total goof, let him be a man. Men need to be men. They cannot be diminished to what our thoughts are, you know, you know, the equalizer. There's no equalizer. Women are women. We're feminine. We're loving. We're caring. Men are the same, but they bring along a strong presence. They have a testosterone that we are attracted to. So why in the world is the country trying to take our men down? You sound... I listen to you every day. I listen well, to you every yes. day. You're terrific. Uh, I, I, I salute you. I thank you. I agree with every word you said. So, why, what stopped my dad from doing this, who was a, a very masculine man and 
who was away from the house for three years in World War II, before I was born. What stopped him or your father, right, from having guys' night out, and yet they were very masculine? And I'm asking the question. I don't propose an answer. I am only saying everything she said made sense, and if it if it helps the marriage, listen, I'm for anything that helps the marriage, <laughs> uh, I, unless something bizarre is is offered up for anything that helps a marriage, and if that helps him, I guess my father didn't do it in part because I don't think he had that generation was not known for close friends. My father's closest friend was my mother. As I said, they were together 72 years. So this is, all right, so there you go. That's, uh, there's one vote on behalf of it. Uh, Glow in Newport Beach, California. Hello. Hey, Mr. Prager, what a, what a pl- uh, priv- privilege and an honor, excuse me. So what is Glow um, short for? It's actually Gio for Giovanni. Hold on. Did I? Uh, yeah, I read it wrong. Sorry. I'm glad we corrected that because, good. Okay, no G- Giovanni, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I'm married about three years, and uh, my wife uh, has, I think, made peace with the fact that I actually need to go out with the boys about three times a month, let's say. I'm, you know, I let off steam, and I'm in a better mood afterwards. And I think uh, for our marriage, it's it's a positive. And your wife would call and say the same thing? Yes. It took, you know, some getting used to, but she's um, now on board with it, and she kind of just wants me to have that time with the guys to talk about things that, you know, we wouldn't if the wives were there. And most of, the, most of my guy friends are married as well. And where do you go? We go out to dinner, and then um, usually uh, a second place after that, a you know, a cocktail bar or something like that. All right, it makes sense. Um, I, I, my silence was just thinking and imagine how many of you do that. I'd say it's usually about four or five of us. Um, is it is it the all, same four know, or married. five? Give or take one or two. Yeah, right. you know my. My wife and I are expecting our, our first child, and, you know, it's kind of like she's encouraging me to go out even more lately just because she knows we're going to be a little tied down once the baby comes. That's correct. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Giovanni, thank you. It was a good call. So two for two uh, voting. Kathy, Ann Arbor, Michigan, hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, first time that I'm calling so wonderful I'll try to do my best with it Uh, you know I just wanted to say my husband we've been married for 23 years Um, my dad it was um, very traditional he was actually born in Soviet Russia he was okay with the marriage once he asked me so do you know where he is evenings and you know I said yes I do I, I know where he is I'm not saying he doesn't, you know, he has, um, like, church meetings, like you said, he goes to. But 
going out to bars, going out once in a while, he'll go to a sporting event. Um, once in a while, he'll go out to dinner with a friend or two. So it's not like he just sits by me like a ball and chain, right? But, um, and and I go out with my friends once in a while too, not three times a month, maybe, I don't know, six times a year. Yeah, maybe. Um, so he, he, he goes on regular... average three times a month? No, 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 nothing like that. No. Uh, well, you know, the meetings, yes. Oh, yeah, meetings are three times a month. Yeah, so I picked the right but, number uh, when, I, when I offered that. And, yeah, you, and, 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 yeah. and you've been fine with it and you have a basically happy marriage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's three for three. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start thinking about that. I mean, she was steaming. Hey everybody, this is a sort of a revelation to me this hour about guys going out with guys regularly, and I gave regularly just an arbitrary number of about three times a month, and so far uh, every, uh, three for three, and all, let's see, two, two women and one man, all fully at peace with it. Lynn in Louisville, Kentucky. Hi there. Hello. Okay. I'm not fully at peace with it. I've been married for like 31 years, and my husband's always done this. He has a lot of friends, a lot of different interests. And so my feelings ebb and flow, like with how our marriage is going. Sometimes I'm like, get out. I need you to go away. But it always comes back to, this sounds so pathetic when you say it, it always comes back to, I want him to want to be with me the most. Yeah. In this instance, I, I, I resonate to what you're saying. I mean, I also resonate. I feel bad because I'm a pretty strong opinion person. But <laughs> what you say makes perfect sense to me. And yet, yeah. when you heard these other women, what did you think? Now, I didn't get to hear them. I was busy trying to get in. I heard uh-huh. the tail end of one lady going, let men be men. Yes, that's thing. right. Yes. I agree, I agree with that. I sometimes admire my husband for all the manly things that he does. I do. And maybe, and honestly, I've thought this through because I have time to think this through. I'm sometimes jealous of all the things he does, to be completely honest. Um, I, I have this weird feeling of you should get, get your own, get more, like you say, get more hobbies. I need to get more hobbies and do more things so I wouldn't want to have that mental struggle of him doing things. And younger, when we were younger, he did more things that I would consider like, I don't really love guys going out to bars when they're married, but he did that. Now it's just having a drink at maybe a sports bar. It's a whole different thing. So as our marriage has matured, it's gone this whole gamut you know, of what it used to be when we were young. We were like 24 when we got married, and now we're in our 50s. So it's kind of ebbed and flowed, but it's the underlying feeling is, and, and, and maybe I should just say this to him, sometimes I wonder if he just came in and scooped me up and said, I missed you, you know, if that would be make everything just feel a little bit easier for me or better for me. And look, I'm making it all about me. Well, it is about you. Uh, that, that's very fair in this instance. Look, his going out is about him. Oh, that's, that's, you know what? That's a good point. 
<laughs> Thank you. That's a very good point. <laughs> that cracks me up. <laughs> Just for the record, it is my job to make good points. <laughs> That's why they pay me. But it, it's it's fine. I'm asking all of you, uh, what is it to you? See, I'm, I, I am so aware that there are many ways to lead a good, honorable, and happy life. I don't claim there is only one way. I mean, in certain arenas, I, I'm more adamant than others, but I know that, that, that people have such different natures, different things resonate with them. So it doesn't resonate with me. Uh, leaving my wife and having a night with the guys. And if I'm not a guy's guy, I don't know who is. But it just, it it doesn't resonate with me. What she said was very touching. If If you are a guy that does that, when she said, I wish he would come home and, you know, scoop me up and say, I missed you. I don't know what's wrong in guys taking that advice. I have a saying which uh, not everybody agrees with, as I have learned, but I, I still believe it. The, you make love outside the bedroom and you have sex inside the bedroom. It's very contrary to what people say because they call it making love. And sometimes it is. But the truth is it's how you act outside the bedroom, which is even in the most sexually active couple's lives 99% of the time. And that's, that's what matters. That's when you should really be clear that you love your spouse, and when men should be telling their wives. But anyway, that's a separate subject, somewhat. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. And this is an understatement. We talk about everything in life on this program. Well, not everything. I don't talk. I don't talk about uh, what's uh, 
What is the name of the the genre on TV where you get into people's lives, like like the Kardashians? Yeah, I don't I don't talk about the reality TV, <laughs> the Real Housewives of Lansing. <laughs> I, I, by the way, if you're into it, I don't have any issue with it. I, I but. I recognize when I say that I talk about everything in life, I don't talk about everything, but but a lot. Should we talk about the things you don't talk about? That's an interesting question. Should we talk about the things I don't talk about? Yes. Not now, but we should. I would find that, well, I used to say that all the time. We talk about everything except gardening. I, I had that many years ago. What was it? Gardening, architecture. Poetry. Yeah, that's uh, that was it. And and by the way, the the architecture one is, is uh, my my lacuna. It's a hole in my interest sphere. Because the truth is, I am interested in architecture. In, I said interest sphere. I like that too. I've entered the interest sphere. All right. Anyway. It's all a preamble to something I've been thinking about a lot lately. All of my life I've been thinking about, but I've undergone somewhat of a metamorphosis. The animals issue and my column yesterday, Tuesdays are my column day. You can see them up at DennisPrager.com and many other places, but the easiest is there. And I, I ask you to just subscribe. It's free, of course, but I, I do work hard on columns to make important points, hopefully. And the death of my beloved uh, English bulldog, Otto, who really did become, literally, America's most famous dog because he was on my fireside chats from the beginning for all five years of the chats, and they, they continue to this day. So vast numbers of people know him. There are a whole series of books for kids, Otto's Tales, at Prager U, so he's a he's a he was a famous bulldog, famous dog. And uh, I have always worried about people overvaluing animals, because I do put people first. And I believe that my religious value system tells me to. But. I have come to realize that the love of a dog, if it doesn't take away from love of humans, and if you, I, I assume most of the time it certainly doesn't, is, is quite something, quite something special in a human's life. So I wrote this column about that, and I didn't put in the column a point that I made when I spoke about this last week. The moment you adopt a dog buy a dog, get a dog, whatever the term you want to use is, you have set yourself up for pain. And it is a metaphor for life, and I think for the Garden of Eden story, but that's that I won't get into now. If, you, if There's a huge lesson involved in the pain of the loss of, of, of one's pet, usually a dog or a cat, and usually a dog. The lesson is that if you seek to lead a life with as little pain as possible, 
you cannot lead a full life. Every good choice, every life, potentially life-filling choice, is inevitable pain. There, just to have a child, and even if your child doesn't give you particular problems, which you're lucky if that's the case, you still have the issue of raising a child, which is hard, which is painful. In fact, there's a phrase in Hebrew, the pain of raising a child. I mean, it's... It's a very interesting that there's actually just a phrase for it. This is the this is the choice you have made in having a child. The it is you know, waking up at four a.m. on a regular basis for a year, two years, three years is, and then we're talking about a happy and healthy and physically and mentally normal child. How many children are afflicted with something, which adds to the pain? How many children have a bad nature, which is very hard for you to, to fight and correct? I mean, having a child at its best has pain and at its worst is spectacularly painful. But yet, if you want to lead as full a life as possible, you should have a child. Same with marriage. So... There's a metaphor here in getting a dog. You've set yourself up for the pain of the dog's loss. In the vast, vast, vast majority of cases, your dog will die before you do. So anyway, I wrote this column, and and there are comments on on Town Hall uh, in in this regard, and I I find them uh, very interesting Here's one, for example. In the past four months since Christmas Day, we've lost our two dachshund babies, Lucy and Louie, both almost 13. It's devastating. We've acquired two more pups who almost filled that void, but not quite. Nothing is ever quite the same. However cute, charming, and lovable they are, we've loved many and lost the same. They're all different and equally loved. There's no way to quantify how special each and every one is. There's there's a lot of truth to that. I and I I have come to to grant the reality and legitimacy, if that's even a term I can use or should use, of a love of an animal. Then I I raise the issue that I've always been worried in light of in part in light of my question. Would you save your dog or a stranger first that I've been asking for 40 years? So people still don't quite get the question. They want to avoid it. Here's a comment. Hmm. To save a drowning pedophile or saving my drowning dog, there is no choice. Either my dog wins heads down. Either of my, sorry, either of my dogs wins hands down. So the person changed my question. I said stranger, and he or she changed it to pedophile. If you know it's a pedophile, it's not a stranger. You you cannot imagine how often people change a question in order not to deal with the question. 
This is a classic to me. How many people try to avoid my question, would you save your dog or a stranger first? Well, you know, what if the stranger is Hitler, which is the same as this guy wrote? What if the stranger is a pedophile? Then it's not a stranger. You know, if Hitler were drowning, I would help him drown. Or if it were between Hitler and a and a flower, I would save the flower. I mean, it doesn't, but that doesn't mean anything. Yes. So anyway, the comments were just uh, fascinating in terms of the the those who speaking about how much their dog meant to them and the uh, the issue of who would you save first. All right. Remember, you'll understand life if you understand everything the left touches, it destroys. The the next arena of life that the left is working to destroy is the military. They've been working on that for quite some time. Under the Biden regime, they are really working full-time. Daily Caller, U.S. Navy used drag queen influencer to attract, quote, a wide range, unquote, of new troops as recruitment plummets. The Navy brought on an active duty drag queen to participate in a pilot program aimed at reaching a wider audience through popular social media platforms as the military faces severe recruiting woes, a Navy spokesperson told the Daily Caller News Foundation. Now, do you do you want people to join the Navy because they're enticed by a drag queen? Do you think that the Navy will be stronger? Do you think it might repel some really quality guys? This is a perfect example of the left destroying an institution, in this case, the Navy. I mean, this is, this is way, way more severe even than the Bud Light beer can. My friends... They're ruining, they ruin everything. You want a certain type of person, a tough, a good person, but a tough person to fight in your armed forces. If somebody had said to anyone in the Navy until 20 years ago, till 10 years ago even, we will attract people to the Navy using a drag queen, they they would have laughed because it would have been in the realm of the absurd. I am laughing. Yes. It's not funny, though. Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, stage name Harpy Daniels, announced the Navy invited him to become the first, quote, Navy Digital Ambassador. Unquote, in a November social media post, highlighting his journey from performing on deck in 2018 to becoming a, quote, leader and, quote, advocate 
of people who, quote, were oppressed for years in the service. The Digital Ambassador Initiative, in which Kelly participated, ran from October 2022 to March 2023 and was, quote, designed to explore the digital environment to reach a wide range of potential candidates, unquote, the Navy spokesperson said. Kelly, who identifies as non-binary, that's attractive, isn't that? I would love to uh, join a fighting force with some people who were non-binary. Previously said he began dressing in drag and performing in shows long before joining the Navy. According to an interview conducted with Carl Herzog of the USS Constitution Museum in August, he first started performing on ships after a sanctioned MWR, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation, lip-syncing competition in 2017 while deployed on the USS Ronald Reagan aircraft carrier, Herzog wrote. Kelly, quote, continues to slay in performances. They mean slay or play? I thought they, I know what it means to, to kill. I just wanted to make sure that was it. Continues to slay in performances that boost morale and show support for LGBTQ plus service members. Wow. You think that, I mean, even if you're LGBTQ, if you want to be intellectually honest, which is a challenge, and I, I'm not being cute, do you think that this will attract more people to the Navy? And will it attract the fighting sailor that you want to attract to the Navy? We're getting a thumbs down from at least one of our colleagues. Kelly said he faced harassment from outside the military after he was scheduled to perform at a diversity, equity, and inclusion event. Why do they even have that? a diversity, equity, and inclusion event at Langley Joint Air Force Base in in the summer of 2022, last summer, that, quote, caused an uproar to many conservatives and Christian extremists. I guess I'm a Christian extremist, even though I'm a Jew and not an extremist. So you're an extremist if you think that this is not good for the armed forces or for schools or for anything or for Disney. This is apparently the LGBTQIA uh, ideology as opposed to the individuals is the tip of the spear with which the left wishes to ultimately bring down the West. And it could. There's an article in Scientific American, Scientific American, which once actually was respected. Again, whatever the left touches, it destroys. Scientific American is a, a recent one. That there's no such thing as non-binary. Excuse me, there's no such thing as binary. That science shows that, in fact, you can't know whether a person is a male or female based on on their chromosomes or their reproductive system or anything like that. 
So do you understand the sleight of hand? This is a Princeton professor who wrote this in Scientific American. You understand the sleight of hand here? So nothing that distinguishes a male from a female makes you a male. It, it, it's, it's hard to think of an analogy. You know, just because it has wheels and an engine and a steering wheel and brakes and a carburetor and seats, and it doesn't mean it's a vehicle. No, no, no. It might well be an antelope. And you could say that by removing every distinguishing characteristic and saying they don't matter. That's what this professor at Princeton did in Scientific American. This is, as I said, the tip of the spear in the destruction of the West. And it it will bring to the fore uh, China. I assure you that there is no video in China recruiting people to the Chinese Navy using a drag queen. Would you be willing to bet on that one? Yeah, that, that, that's a sure bet, my friends. And finally, the ambassador program is just one of several ways the Navy is seeking to reach different populations to overcome what the spokesperson called, quote, the most challenging recruiting environment since the start of the all-volunteer force. And it's increasingly turning to digital platforms to attract younger audiences. There you go. Why is it more challenging to get people into the Navy than at any time since we went to all volunteer forces? I think it might have something to to do with what the left has done to it. How those of you who've served in the Navy feel about this? Using a drag queen to recruit people into the Navy. My dad was in the Navy. This would be inconceivable, simply inconceivable. It would be just a bad joke. One eight Prager seven seven six Dallas Texas Matt hello. Yeah, I haven't been in a long time. I hadn't talked to you in a while. Um, yeah, I know. I was saying, why doesn't Matt call anymore? <laughs> I'm glad you. Yeah, left. I've been listening <laughs> to your show. For, in fact, I've, I mean, I've been a Pregatopia member for for a decade. Great. And and uh, and, and I know you've always used an example about a dog or a human being in a lake and, and so Dennis and say Dennis Plager standing on the bank, okay, and and you would always go for the human, that's the moral choice. Right. But I was just thinking about Otto and I, I and like I can hear your grief and say that dog was Otto, would would that change your mind at all? No. It couldn't. If it it would change my mind then I'd have no right to criticize any other person's decision. Because they yeah, love their okay. dog as much as I, or m- more to the point, my wife loved as much as I did. She loved him more. She yeah. she was very bonded, and and sure. it's really affected her. And I I've actually discussed this with her on a number of occasions, and she says how hard it would be 
But that's the point of values. The, this, uh, I, I need to make this point to everybody. A definition of a value is that which you treasure more than your feelings. 35 years ago, I gave a talk in Kansas City to young people for a weekend. I was a weekend speaker. And my uh, dear friend Joel Alperson, who has become sort of the producer of, of all my works, beginning with the Rational Bible, and he was, that's where we met. And it was recorded, and then he now has transcribed it from 35 years ago, if, if I'm not mistaken. And that was the theme of the weekend. Your values are more important than your feelings. Of course, I love Otto more than anybody other than the people in my life. Of course, that's true. I mean, if you if you if you had a a pet raccoon, you would love the raccoon more than you would love a stranger. So it, it's it's interesting. I have asked the high school kids over the years who vote to save their dog because they love their dog. They don't love the stranger. It's the the usual uh, reasoning. Well, would you say that somebody who saved and and then I I give their turtle. I mean, turtles swim, but so pick pick a, a non swimming pet that is not in the mammalian world or is in the mammalian world, but but many rungs lower than a dog, in sophistication, etc. Is there any time you would say, well, that's wrong? And you can't, because love is love. See, we have abandoned values. Values today are synonymous with emotions. That's why this question has been so important, because it leads to so much discussion about so many things. Uh, let's see. Door, M- Michigan, and Scott. Hello, Scott. Hi, Dennis. I am an enthusiastic listener to your show. I love your show, and I especially love the way that you you teach us about the Bible, both Jews and Christians, things that... Uh, things in ways that we never thought of before. I really appreciate your show. Thank you very much. So I, I have a little twist to your question, and I hope I'm not changing that too much. What if this stranger was trying to do you bodily harm? Well, then, so it's well, not, course, I see. It, well, so it's, then, so forget the dog issue. If a stranger trying to do me bodily harm were drowning, would I save him? Forget it wouldn't. It's not even a question anymore. Would I save him or my dog first? Would I save somebody who's trying to hurt me badly? Probably not. I was lost until I saw your halo. I was blind. 
Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, traversing a lot of uh, subjects here. The Navy one is very troubling, the use of a drag queen to attract people to enlist in the Navy. Who is going to be attracted that you think would make a particularly good fighter, which is what everyone in the armed forces is, because of a drag queen ad? Anyway, the emasculating of the members of the armed forces through DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, the politicizing of the armed forces in a way that has never been done to the best of my knowledge in American history. These are all ways in which the left is destroying quite uh, deliberately everything good about this country. And yet the liberals continue to vote for the left. I had an interesting discussion with Ami Horowitz in hour one on the on this question, and he noted something. He said that liberals don't really believe that leftists do these things because these are not, none of these things are reported outside of talk radio and the conservative media. So they don't know any of this, and if they hear it, they assume it's a talking point or is so rare as to be unworthy of attention. No, the Democrats are not for open borders. Of course not. Name name one who was set on for open borders. So this is the classic gaslighting. What are you kidding? You think I'm I'm sleeping with another woman just because you caught us in bed? Oh, I I can't imagine that. Who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Exactly the famous Groucho Marx vignette. That's what they do, the uh, liberal. The liberal lives in uh, in a make-believe world. The left does not, and the right does not. The liberal lives in a make-believe world. Liberals are much more out of touch with what is happening than either the left or the right. They don't want to know what is happening, and they don't. This is all news to them. Ask them how many illegals have come into the United States uh, since the Biden administration came into power. Don't have a clue. Ask them, or for that matter, a leftist, how many unarmed blacks do police kill in a given year? Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.